You are indeed 705. It is the Monday night edition of Employment Hour. Glad you're with us. John Pincus is uh, in control tonight. Uh, your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lines are already open waiting for you. You have questions about your job, your employment, your boss, your severance. Being laid off, can you be laid off? Can you be fired? Can you be let go without cause? Anything under the employment banner is what we cover. Lines are open for almost a, a whole hour here for you to call in. It is a live show, as you know, to ask your questions. We do it tonight. We do it Wednesday night, the weekend shows, and Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV, respectively. You want to reach out, uh, please go ahead. Severance Pay Calculator, we'll talk about that throughout the show as well. And uh, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. That is all coming up tonight along with your uh, emails. That is help at employmenthour.com as well. First of the week, that was, John, what's going on, pal? Yeah, just kick it off with a few situations that uh, may be interesting to some people and and, uh, may remind people of some other situations that they themselves or their friends uh, have faced. So the first situation is recently um, uh, involves a middle-aged gentleman I spoke to recently who was employed as a project manager for Mm -hmm. a large company. So he'd only been employed there for just under two years and had just been caught up in a restructuring. He was terminated and offered only two weeks pay and two weeks benefits. And so he comes to me and he says, John, here's the thing. I, I listen to the employment hour. I know that normally I would be entitled to at least four months of my pay. I've been on the severance pay calculator. But the company says they have this termination clause that limits my entitlement. And so, in fact, what he'd really come to me to talk about is, is this non-competition clause that he was worried about because he had this clause that left him unable to work in his industry right. anywhere in the city of Toronto for an entire year. So he was pretty concerned about that. Well, the first thing I did was ask him to send me his employment contract so that I could take a look at the termination clause and how that affected his entitlements. And right away, I noticed there was a problem for the company here because, you see, this person only signed the employment agreement after he had already been employed Uh, for a year. He wasn't given anything in exchange for it. And, you know, when you have a situation like that, the law says the contract is good for nothing. Zero. (laughs) It's like it doesn't exist. That's it. So so why? Because an employment contract needs to actually give an employee something new, a job, a raise, something. So this individual was simply told, sign the contract or you're out. It's not really a deal. So right away I told him, you're in luck uh, because the law says you are in the same category as anyone else who doesn't have a contract. You're in severance right. pay calculator territory and you're going to be treated just like everyone else. So I said, yeah, I would agree that the common law for this uh, particular person is going to be about four months pay. That's the full entitlement. But because of his non-competition agreement, mm-hmm. he could be entitled to much more than that, perhaps even double that amount. And, wow. and so, yeah, so eight, eight months, nine months, despite having only been employed there for one or two years. Now, why? Because the law cares about anything that the employer should have known would impede your ability to find a new job. And this non-competition agreement, wh- whether it was even legal or enforceable or not, he would still have to disclose that to all right. potential employers he speaks to. And no one's going to hire him if they think he's bound by a clause that an employer is going to oh, bring yeah. an injunction on. Yeah. So I'm already working on getting that clause waived and getting a, ne- a negotiating severance package for this gentleman that I expect uh, will be substantially higher than what he was offered before. So, you know, the lesson for employees here is, first of all, don't sign an employment contract, especially not in the middle of your employment, without reviewing it with an employment lawyer. Uh, Non-competes and termination clauses have major, major impacts on your entitlements. The other thing is just because an employer tells you that they're relying on a termination clause, 
you, you, you still have to talk to a lawyer because you may still be entitled to something there may, that if that termination clause is illegal, if the contract is illegal, uh, that may not be something that prevents you from getting your full entitlements. And for employers, the lesson is, of course, if you want an employee to agree to something, you have to give them something in exchange. Yeah. You have to give them some kind of benefit or it's not going to be worth the paper it was written on or, or all those lawyer fees you spend to have it drafted. That's the thing. I mean, they, they, it probably would have held water had the employer back then given him a bonus or a pay raise. And he, he might have been out of luck because he didn't read it, but it didn't happen that way. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen that way. And that's a good point, John, because a lot of people that I talk to uh, will sign this and will say, you know, they've been working somewhere for 20 years and they're given an employment agreement and the employment agreement says, uh, here's $500. Uh, and sign this employment agreement. Now, the law says that's a perfectly legitimate mm-hmm. thing for an employer to do. But as an employee, you have you have to know what you're signing here because that that is, generally speaking, a very bad deal for, for employees. And the harsh truth is the law doesn't care. If you sign yeah. it, uh, you own it. And that's it. So you have to be very careful, and you have to uh, you have to talk to an employment lawyer before you sign one of these things because it could be devastating if you don't. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. What else you got going on, pal? So the second situation is a, a call I got uh, about a month ago from a young gentleman who worked in the marketing department at the head office for a large manufacturing company. So he'd been there for about three years in a kind of semi-managerial role, mm-hmm. and for the last few months, he hadn't been terribly happy. He wasn't getting along with his manager. He wasn't feeling challenged. He didn't really feel connected to the job anymore. Right. He was still doing good work, but he just he just wasn't feeling it. So, of course, unsurprisingly, he starts looking for another job. Uh, he takes his interviews after work, uses some of his vacation days to attend job interviews elsewhere. And, well, one day the company finds out about this. And they weren't very happy, and they fired him on the spot, on the grounds wow. of infidelity. That's what they call it. They call it infidelity. And so I, I told the first thing I told this person is that, well, in the circumstances, you've clearly been wrongfully dismissed. And the problem here is that the company was looking at the employment relationship like a marriage. Uh, and that's not quite the case. Now, generally speaking, it's it's not always the case, but most of the time, it is perfectly fine to look for alternative employment while you're employed. It's mm-hmm. unlikely that's going to be just cause for dismissal. Now, I say unlikely because there are exceptions, of course, and I should mention that this case could have been completely different if it was someone who had sensitive and confidential information and was speaking right. to a competitor. It could have also been a problem if there was an express written term of his employment agreement that prevented him from working from certain companies for a certain period of time. Again, this is this is what non-competes do. Um, if those circumstances were there, it could have potentially uh, been just cause for dismissal. So as an employee, you still have to be careful. But in this person's case, it wasn't. He, he was a... He was a fairly sort of uh, middle-of-the-pack manager. He had no non-competition restrictions. He had no sort of fiduciary duty. Uh, So in this case, he was doing something that the vast majority of the population is perfectly able to do, which is just to, to, you know, keep some feelers out there. Um, So we are going to negotiate this person a severance package. I have very little doubt that this is not just cause for dismissal. And uh, I think he's going to probably be owed about three to four months of his pay, which for him could be over $25,000. It kind of sounds like the employer just thought didn't like it, like you said. Ah, you're cheating on us. We're you know, like a jilted mate, and said, "Yeah, we're going after you." That's all there is to it. Yeah, the employer knew that they did not have any contractual provision that they yeah. could actually prevent him from doing this. 
Um, and they just they just didn't like it. I mean, infidelity is not just cause for dismissal. Breach of confidentiality, breach of a, of a non-competition term, maybe in some circumstances that can potentially be just cause if you're dealing with, let's say, you know, president, vice president, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but for this particular individual, uh, given the kind of role he had, it, he didn't have any sensitive information. He wasn't uh, uh, sharing any confidential information with any competitors. So it, it just, they couldn't, in this particular instance, it was just someone looking for for uh, another job. And in fact, he wasn't even applying uh, with a competitor. It was a completely unrelated industry. So uh, the company just just really uh, read, read their cards wrong here. Um, so what I'd say for employees is, you know, on the flip side of this, if you're planning to look for a new job and you're in a role where you have access to sensitive and confidential information, you may want to consider speaking to an employment lawyer first uh, yeah. if you're planning to pl- apply to a competitor. Um, if you're not planning to look for a new job, uh, or if you are planning to look for a job, also be aware of anything that's in your employment contract, like a non-compete. Uh, and finally, uh, you know, be aware that, generally speaking, the bar for an employer to prove just cause is very, very high. Uh, so anytime an employer terminates your employment and claims just cause, uh, do speak to an employment lawyer. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, one 225 talk That number is uh, toll-free tonight. The lines are wide open, waiting for your calls and ready to take them uh, when you are. You got something else to uh, go on as well, or just the two? Those are, those are the main two that uh, yep. that I've been speaking to. And, you know, the we, we always like to tell the, um, <laughs> you know, the... the the happy stories and uh, yep, where, where we're able sure. to negotiate. But I think the the one, you know, maybe the one thing that we don't talk about all that often on this show is all the people who come to us and uh, we tell them that unfortunately there's nothing we can do. These are the people who have, um, you know, come to us after they've they've breached, a, you know, a serious term of their employment contract or right. they have um, – They've signed an employment agreement which limits their rights to something that's uh, that's only the statutory minimum. Um, so, you know, we always talk about em- employers getting employment lawyers to be proactive, but employees should really be proactive too. Um, talk to a lawyer. Uh, you know, when when you see that there's a big decision, there's something you have to sign, or there's something that you're worried, you know, may have an impact. Uh, you know, may upset your employer. Um, it's always a good idea to consider talking to an employment lawyer because it'll be much easier later on if you do. Yeah, it's funny. I, I know what you've said, and Lior, we've all said on the show that if, you, if your spidey sense is going off that there's something might be lurking in, that might be out of your control, that would be a great time to call yourself or Lior, a member of the team at the firm, and just uh, say, am I any hot water here? Am I? Should I be looking out the bow of the ship and uh, for this thing to go down, right? Yeah, and, and I think a non-compete is a perfect example of that because a lot yeah, of people don't right. realize that they have this provision that says you, you can't work for any competitor. Um, and they figure, well, I'm not happy here. I'll go somewhere else. And lo and behold, they're facing an injunction. The employer is saying they have just cause and all this stuff. And it, it can be a huge headache. So, uh, you know, and that, that again comes back to this big theme that we have of employment contracts. Employment contracts can be deadly uh, for mm-hmm. employees because, remember, they're not – Generally speaking, then there are exceptions to this, but generally speaking, as an employee, they're not written for you. They're written for the company. Right, right. Uh, Severance Pay Calculator, tell me about it. So the Severance Pay Calculator is a tool that uh, ST Law is very proud of. We have basically have the tool online. It's free to use. It takes about two minutes. You just put in a couple details, your age, the kind of position that you had, um, and the length of time that you were there. And what will happen is it will punch out a range of entitlements that are that – Uh, gives you an idea of how much severance you're entitled to in the circumstances. And what you'll find and what we find is 
uh, the vast, vast majority of the time, the severance package that you've been offered by the company is not just inadequate, it's very inadequate, grossly inadequate, sometimes 10, 20, 50, $100,000, uh, you know, in, in the extreme. So it takes two minutes. Um, and if you find that you are owed more, if you find that you, if you given a, a generous severance package, then you'll know. Uh, if you're not, then you'll you'll know. And and uh, if you're ever unsure, you can give us a call, and we'll talk to you about uh, what you should be paid in the circumstances. And again, it's absolutely free of charge. Uh, there's an employer mode there as well. So if you're an employer and you're wondering what your uh, proper duty should be as far as compensating someone you want to let go or thinking about letting go, you can go to Severance Pay Calculator and do that there as well. No way to put a visa in there anywhere. And well over now, half a million people have used it. So it's, uh, it's a pretty good thing. Moving on here in just a minute, we're going to take a short break, get into our topic for the day, and that is reasons why people accept bad severance packages. That is on the way. And your phone calls, of course, 416 6400 star 640 on sale lines are wide open for you employment hour right here the monday night edition on global news radio you sure are 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale one 225 talk that number is toll free before we get on to the reasons why people accept bad severance packages get down that list with uh john pickus here always get to our calls they are our top priority sandra good evening how are you oh, i'm good how are you Fantastic. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Well, um, I have a question with regards to uh, when a, a company changes their location. Mm, bring it um, on. Yeah. So I'm wondering. It's kind of two sided. So what are what are the what's the obligation of the employer? Minimum obligation of the employer in terms of communicating the change of location to their employees, and what is the um, what what does the what are the rights for the employee when it comes to accepting that change of location, or are there any rights? Great questions. That that's an excellent question, Sandra. So what what we call this is a forced transfer, and there's there's actually some controversy in the law, and it's it's not it's not the kind of you know it's I'm not going to say it's unsettled. There have been a few cases that have dealt with this, but uh, the question really becomes. Is this change uh, a part of these, the employment agreement? Is it sort of uh, foreseeable as an implied term of the employment agreement that you're going to have to move around, right? So it may be uh, it, it may be foreseeable that if a company moves, you know, a couple blocks down the street, it's, it's pretty much implied that you know management has some flexibility to do that. But if they all of a sudden say, okay, you're working in Toronto, and next week you're going to work in Sault Ste. Marie that may be treated as a constructive dismissal, depending on the circumstances. Uh, there's other questions we may want to ask. Are they going to compensate you? Are they going to allow people to work from uh, work remotely some days? What is the employer doing to make this change uh, a little bit less dramatic? But if it is going to be a dramatic change and it's going to be a dramatic increase in cost uh, and and time, which also has a value, then uh, an employee, provided that they haven't agreed expressly in writing that a company can do this, uh, an employee may be able to treat that as a constructive termination. And if that happens and the company doesn't give notice, then you would be entitled to your full severance package, right? So if you've been somewhere for 10 years uh, and let's say you're in your 50s and you're, you know, you're a manager, you may be entitled to a year of your pay or more. So it, it really, really depends on the circumstances. These are uh, often multifaceted questions that we have to, to go through. I have dealt with this situation quite a few times, and it really is a case-by-case -case basis. 
um, because there's a lot of things we want to look at, including the employment agreement. Um, and we have to establish if it's a constructive termination. Because if it's not a constructive dismissal, then the employer really doesn't have to provide any notice at all. Now, if it is, what the employer can do is they can provide working notice of the change. So they can say, okay, Sandra, you're working in Toronto. We are going to be moving to uh, Winnipeg. We know you're not coming with us to Winnipeg. So we're going to give you 12 months. We're going to shut down this office in 12 months. And in 12 months, you should know that this is going to be your last day. You know, your last day is going to be April 22nd, 2020, and that's it. And the employer can do that and may be able to pay all of your severance or, or at least most of your severance um, in that way. That makes right. sense, Sandra? So, so uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it really does depend on the situation. So if you're put in that situation where you are given a, a, a forced transfer and you're being told that you're going to have to move, um, and you're not given notice, or even if you are given notice, the first thing you want to do is figure out how much that's going to cost, figure out how long it's going to take you, figure out if there's anything else that is going to impede your ability to move. For example, do you have a child care obligations? Are you caring for an elderly parent? Something like that. And then take those, uh, take those things and go to an employment lawyer, and you'll be able to have a really informed discussion as to um, what are your rights in that scenario. And, and it really does depend on the circumstances. Okay, so um, that's that's all great. You covered a lot of points there. Um, one uh, part that I don't think I, I still need an answer to is, mm-hmm. is there an obligation for the employer to accommodate uh, the employee if, they, if they're if they not going to move during that working notice, say they, you got working notice, to accommodate them some time off for a job interview to find another job? I think that the the test here is reasonableness, right? So if you have a job interview and you know you need to take some some time off to do that, I think it would be um, it would only be reasonable for an employer to do that. And generally speaking, employers are willing to do that. Um, but to the extent that you're able to schedule your job interview at a time that doesn't interfere with your job responsibilities, you probably should try to do that. Um, but yeah, if you have to take a longer lunch one day to attend a job interview, um, it's it's not so much a, a duty to accommodate, but just, you know, there there has to be, if you're given working notice, the whole point of that is supposed to be so you can look for a new job. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that within reason, yes, an employer does have to allow you to do that. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. But again, right. you, yeah, but again, I would say to the extent that you can, you know, you can do an interview after work or, um, you know, an employer may say, OK, well, you have some vacation days, so try and schedule yeah. it. You, you have to kind of work in cooperation with your employer. That's a good rule of thumb. Sandra, appreciate that call. You need to follow up with uh, with John later on. No problem. one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Email is help at employmenthour.com. Very simple to get a hold of. If you have any more questions, you know, we should, uh, before we move on to the topic, which is uh, a good one as far as accepting bad severance packages, that kind of brings about a thought that people should really be worried about accepting these things uh, because, Quite often in the employment scenario, when there's changes to the employment and you accept it and you realize six months down the road, oh, I don't like this, they can do it again because now it's become an implied term of the employment in a lot of cases, yeah? Yeah, so if you accept a move, for instance, and you're saying, okay, well, uh, they're moving from Toronto to... I, I don't know, Barry or uh, sure. or, or something like that. And let's say that's going to be a big move for you. Let's say that's going to double or triple your commute. Now, maybe that's something the employer is allowed to do, and you should always speak to an employment lawyer to, to verify for sure. 
But if it's something that you don't have to accept and if it's going to cause a huge disruption to your life, um, next time they may say, okay, now we're going to move to, you know, uh, Sudbury uh, or yeah. now we're going to move, uh, you know, to Owen Sound. Well, what's the big deal? You moved to Barrie last time. What's, uh, what's the difference? We're just moving right. a little farther. You just have to pick up and move. Uh, so you, you really do have to think about this when you're uh, accepting those kinds of changes because that now becomes the new norm. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to reach out, ask John a question just like that. That is how it works. Start to get some answers anyway before you follow up on the other side of the show. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale and one 225 talk That is toll free. Okay, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Let me get right into the list. Number one, uh, they simply don't realize they're entitled to more. Yeah, I, I would say the vast majority of severance packages that we see on a daily basis, and I mean, we, we, we see probably thousands of these per year, um, the, the vast majority are inadequate. And, and, and there's, a, there's a reason for this, of course, right? It's not that employers um, don't know always that, that, that the employees entitled tomorrow, although that's sometimes the case. It's, it's just a cost-saving measure. You offer low severance packages to a whole series of people, and if even one person accepts it, even if all the rest don't, uh, from a cost-benefit perspective, yeah. it, just, it just makes sense for them. You've saved a few shekels, if not everybody's wise, to the fact that they, they're uh, not uh, not uh, to be given more. And that dovetails into the second point of this. That is because they relied on advice from the Ministry of Labor. Right. So the Ministry of Labor is good for some things, right? It's good for issues if you're still working somewhere and you have an unpaid wages issue, you have a vacation issue. You overtime. Have, you like have per, potentially, if you have an overtime issue, if it's yeah. relatively straightforward, uh, the Ministry of Labor is not good for termination pay issues uh, because you may be entitled to full entitlement. So before you go uh, to the Ministry of Labor, you have to speak to an employment lawyer. The Ministry of Labor cannot advise you with respect to your civil court entitlements. And these are your common law entitlements. These are your full entitlements. These are the numbers you'll see with the severance pay calculator. And that's why some people will get confused because they'll go to the severance pay calculator and it says, well, the severance pay calculator said I'm entitled to a year. The Ministry of Labor said I'm only entitled to 20 weeks. So what's the disconnect? Well, the disconnect right. is the Ministry of Labor is only talking about the Employment Standards Act because that's all they're allowed to talk about. Right. As employment lawyers, we can talk about everything. So go to an employment lawyer if you're unsure. That's that's the uh, you know that's what you have to know. Yeah, and it's and along the same point. I mean, as you know, we talk about this point a little more right up there with the uh, misinformation you're going to get from the Ministry of Labor is you know your uh, your 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 neighbor Bob across the fence. Who, oh yeah, my buddy had a similar job as you. He got two works two weeks per year. That's uh, that's what you're owed. You can't take advice from friends and neighbors either, right? Yeah. Well, when when it's friend, I mean, I'll say when it's when it's the Ministry of Labor, it's not so much that it's misinformation. It's just that it's incomplete information, right? right? It's it's yeah. that, and and that's because that's all they're allowed to do. Uh, when it's Bob, uh, you know, or or Google, then yeah. you're starting to get into potentially misinformation territory, right? Someone yeah. who tells you know, yeah, and you'll get both extremes. You'll get people who say that they've, they've got, you know, severance packages that are just so huge as is to be ridiculous. And there'll be people who say, well, no, 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 I, you know, I, I got a severance package and it was just a week per year. And that they told me that's the same for everyone. They, they don't pay out more than this. Uh, yeah. So the only person you can really speak to about this is an employment lawyer. 
Curse you, Bob. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That's toll-free to call in. This is a live radio show, of course. And you have questions about your severance or anything we're talking about, have you scratching your head, call us, talk to us, ask us, and your answers uh, will be on the show here tonight. So call in uh, right now. Reasons why people accept bad severance packages, uh, they're worried about upsetting their employer. This is actually real. People are worried about this, aren't they? Yeah, and, and in a certain sense, I understand it. You know, you know some people are, are not the confrontational type. But um, sometimes I, I hear people say this, and I, I just have to do a double take because I think, well, well, hang on a second. Your employer just terminated your employment. They've, they've just taken away your primary source of income. And not only have they done it, but they've done it without notice. And they haven't given you anything that's going to be sufficient for you to get back on your feet. Nice. Um, so you... You have to kind of, this is the, when, when you've just lost your job, the first thing that you have to do is be selfish. You know, uh, selfishness is, is not something that, that is a generally a good quality to have. Uh, but <laughs> in this particular circumstance, it's, How about her? it's perfectly, take advantage of it. This is the time to be selfish. You've just lost yeah. your job. And, and you know, you, and it's not, it's, not just, it's not just you. It's, it's your family. It's the people that you, you care for. You have to think about not just tomorrow, but the next month, three months, four months, five months after that, because you know, despite the fact that, um, you know, for some people they think, well, the economy is pretty strong. I get a job pretty quick. Sometimes it takes a while and yeah. you, you have to protect your financial security. Um, so, look, it's one thing if if you work in a small shop with three or four people, maybe you're really close with the person who runs that place and maybe you can deal with it on your own. Maybe you can just have a discussion with them. Uh but remember that when we get involved, that's that's the way that we tend to approach it as well. You know, we approach it as a discussion. Um, and it eventually, no matter how we have to start uh, the, the your, your severance negotiations, it, it eventually will turn into a discussion. Right. Um, and at, at the end of the day, uh, it's usually no hard feelings. You know, I've had negotiations that end with the employer uh, and employee shaking hands, even even hugging. This this is after severance pay uh, has been negotiated. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say now. We don't promise hugs, okay? We can't no. promise that your employer is going to give you a hug. But this just goes to show that it, it doesn't have to be acrimonious, right? It doesn't have to be bitter. It can be very, uh, I'm not going to say stress-free, but it can be very straightforward, and uh, we can help you through it. That's that's what we're there for. Well, a lot of the employers are sophisticated enough to know that, like you said, you know, they give out 107 severance packages. They know that 97 people are going to walk away. They're, it's a it's a it's a numbers game, and if three people come back from more, it's like, okay, you're all the wiser. So now we got to pay up. Everybody yeah. should be doing that. Hence the reason for the show. But that's a, in reality what happens, right? Exactly. And if you're working for an enterprise level organization, this is the last thing you should be worried about because you were not yeah. negotiating with the owner of the company. We're negotiating with someone whose job it is to specifically deal with issues like this. Maybe they're in-house counsel, maybe they're human resources personnel, uh, and and likely it will be someone who will understand the law, who will probably know us, um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll get to a reasonable place in, in uh, you know, short order, hopefully. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call in, ask your employment questions. John is here for the remainder of the show to do exactly that. In the meantime, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Next one on our list is the deadline was only two weeks or you know Friday at five or something like that, right? Right. And and, and this is where I have to confess that you know I, I advise employers as well as employees, of course. And when I advise employers and when I'm writing a termination letter, uh, I, I put a deadline on it. Every time. And, you know, I always tell my, my employer clients, I say, look, this deadline, just so you know, doesn't really mean anything. 
The reason why we put this deadline in is because the employer wants closure. They want that release signed and they don't want to have to think about this for the next two years, um, mm. which is how long an employee has. Two years from the date they, they discover their claim, which is two years from your, your, the date you're given notice. Right. Uh, so when you get a deadline, remember that it's, it's not because they're making a generous offer. It's because they want you to sign that release. And in many cases... That's a really good deal for them. That release matters to them. So they're not, uh, they're not offering this to you out of uh, the goodness of their heart, as I often tell my clients. They're offering this to you because they know the alternative is worse, and they really do want that release. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your cell. We'll get to, uh, to Roy. Hey, Roy, good evening. How are you? I'm okay. What's, uh, what's your what concern? What can we do though? for you? Uh, I, I, um, the company I'm working is... Uh, being bought, and I think it will be closing end of the month anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're offering me only two days per year of service because we're under federal law, um, federal right. jurisdiction. Right. And uh, I don't know if would if I'm just gonna accept it because the company is really tight in cash. Uh, I guess if they sold the stuff, uh, right. the company, it's but they're not the receivable and the payable. It, stays with the old company and they just have to settle all everything so and i don't know how, how what to do so roy as i understand it that the company's assets are being purchased by yeah. by another company is, is are they being purchased by like a bigger company is the company not going to operate anymore is it going to just be folded into a, a new organization uh yes basically uh, and it's basically it's one of the uh i one of the sales guy but uh right. Operation manager, but he has a big backer. So because the old uh, owner got sick, all those things. So okay, right now I guess he's taking advantage of it. So a couple questions, if you don't mind, Roy. Uh, how, how old are you right now? Fifty-nine. Okay, and how long have you been at this company? Twenty-one years. Twenty-one years. Okay, and uh, what's your job? I'm the controller. You're the controller. Okay, so so this is um, this is a circumstance where you could um, easily be entitled to anywhere you know from 18 to 20 months of your pay maybe even uh, 22 months of your pay um, so this is uh, this is a situation where you really do want to speak to an employment lawyer because now they're offering you the basic statutory minimum under the Canada Labor Code but unless you've signed an employment agreement and it would probably have to be something that you would have signed in, in recent years uh, no. because, so if, if okay sorry yeah. So okay. So if you haven't signed an employment agreement, as, as I as I'm gathering from you, then um, you're going to be entitled to your full entitlements. Now, you know the question of okay, the company's closing; they're not viable. Now, from a legal perspective, the first thing you need to know is that the law does not care um, the state of the company termination. In fact, the, the law has specifically spoken to this, and what they've said is the severance package is the same. It's not. It's not more when when times are good. It's not less when times are bad. It's the same whether it's a big company or a small company. It's about you. It's not about them. It's about how long you need to find a job. Now, in terms of, well, okay, but how am I going to collect from this company? Well, it sounds like there's still going to be assets there, right? Now, of course, if the company was going into receivership, bankruptcy, that that would be concerning, right? Because you can't get blood from stone. But if this is a company that is still going to exist, albeit under a different entity, um, and it's just an it's just an asset purchase, and they're shedding some of the um, some of the operations. Uh, this is this could be a very very um, serious entitlement. I, I don't know how much you make, but I, I, I gather that you know eighteen, twenty, twenty two months of your pay uh, is a lot of money. 
So um, I certainly wouldn't agree to anything um, like the uh, the amounts that that you're being offered right now. Um, so I would strongly, strongly recommend you give us a call. Um, I'd be happy to talk to you about this. Uh, uh, can I add something? Yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the new uh, employer basically uh, would wanted to offer me a year, one year contract, but it's like a self-employed. Say, I guess I think they spoke with a couple of employment lawyer anyway. So I, they're saying I should not really be getting a severance pay because I'm going to get a continuous uh, employment. Uh, but in reality, it's not a continuous because it would be a contract. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? There there is always a question when a new company buys it and they offer you a job. Um, is that a job that you have to accept? Because of course, if you turn down a reasonable offer of employment, then all you will be owed is the minimum statutory entitlements, and you won't be owed anything more than that. Um, but that's something we have to talk through. I'd like to see what they're offering you. Um, if it's a short-term contract, then that's you know that's certainly a concern that I would have with it. What's going to happen when the contract ends? So. Um, what I would do again, Roy, is, is I, I would give us a call, and what, what will happen is we'll ask you to email some documents, and if they've given you that uh, that contract as a document, that's something that I would I would certainly want to see before uh, before we spoke, and just just to see well, is it really reasonable? And, and it sounds like it it may not be, which means that we're probably looking at negotiating a full severance package for you. So uh, please do give us a call. Roy, uh, that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. In the case, say this all boils down in Roy's situation where you're at, you know, okay, this is no good, this whole contract business, whatever, buyer, seller. And he's owed this uh, 18 to 20-month severance, as you mentioned, could be the possible number. Is that the job of the buyer or the seller to pay that? It is the job of the buyer, right? Ah. Because, or, or sorry, it is the job of the... It is the job of the seller, excuse me, uh, because the seller has effectively, by uh, by um, selling the company, they have effectively terminated your employment. So the buyer has not yet become liable yet because the buyer um, has not um, has, has has not brought you in as a new employee. They are not your employer yet. So nice. if they offer you a job, you take the job from the buyer, and then they terminate your employment. Um, then you're entitled to a severance package from them. But where the seller terminates your employment and the buyer just doesn't offer you a job, um, then it is the seller who is responsible um, to pay your severance package. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you got a couple minutes uh, to squeeze one in. A uh, quick question if you want. If not, we'll continue with our uh, our topic. That is reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Next one on the list, uh, John, is the termination was for cause. Yeah, a termination for cause is. I mean, it does happen. People do steal. People do commit fraud. People do um, get in, you know, violent, violent uh, yep. fights in the workplace repeatedly. Sure. And so that it exists. It's not impossible, but it's very, very unlikely. And especially if you've been terminated for cause for something like performance. Um, or um, absenteeism mm-hmm. or something like that, it's pretty unlikely that the employer is going to have just cause for dismissal. So um, in that case, um, I would um, uh, you know, I would certainly advise people to talk to an employment lawyer because we're probably looking at getting you a full severance package in that case. And the fact that they've terminated your employment for cause is going to make your search probably a little more difficult. So all the more reason that you need a, a more adequate severance package. Another reason why people accept is they uh, well they can't afford to pay legal fees. That's a that's a big misunderstanding as well. 
Yeah, in many cases, you know, uh, we have people who come in that assume negotiating a severance package is going to cost thousands of dollars and will put them right. in a worse situation than they started. And in reality, that's that's not always how it works. Uh, you know, speaking example for for ST Law, um, there there's numerous kinds of retainer options, and you know, by definition, most of our clients have just lost their primary source of income. Right. So, exactly. <laughs> so to so the why is it going to be costly? Yeah. A, again, exactly. And again, we 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 can't always offer the same thing to everyone. It really does depend on the case. But mm. in many many cases, we can offer the kind of arrangement where we don't need them to invest a whole lot of money on the front end, and and we often absorb the risk ourselves, particularly if it's sort of a straightforward termination situation. I think another reason along along the lines of not being able to afford it, they they have the misbelief that it, the you know this whole negotiation will take years, if not months, and there's going to be court, all that stuff too, right? Yeah, well, I mean, in most cases, uh, severance packages can be negotiated in you know less less than a, a two months. Sometimes yeah. sometimes negotia- negotiations only take a few weeks. Um, so it, it often is very uh, quick. But the other thing is that, especially, for example, the uh, gentleman who called before, uh, Roy, I mean, for someone who's been employed for 20 years, especially if it's provincially regulated, your minimum entitlements, which they're going to have to pay right away, um, are often going to cover months of your pay. So for many people, even even in those odd cases where it does take several months to negotiate, which can happen, uh, often these people don't have any gap in their income during that time. Right. So yeah. talk to an employment lawyer because we can really draw the full landscape for you before you get started so you know what you're walking into. That's all uh, pretty much do it for uh, for this show for this evening. We are back on Wednesday uh, right here, same time, 7 o'clock. If you want to reach out to John or Lior now, the show is done for this particular show for uh, 1-855-821-5900 would be the number. Help at employmenthour.com. And always, 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 as John mentioned, check severancepaycalculator.com as well. We'll catch you on Wednesday night. And, then, of course, the TV show, Global TV and CTV. That is Saturday and Sunday morning as well. Stick around on point with Alex Pearson returns right here on Global News Radio.